It's time to swing into the golf world of today. I don't think I've had this much fun on a golf show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart, sponsored by TaylorMade. Terrific voice, and you have enthusiasm. Now your host, the director of fun. Give me that guy all day. He's the best. Keith Stewart. Good afternoon, and welcome to The Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. Thank you for tuning in to ESPN 920. Well, the men are out in Detroit at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. The ladies are across the pond, continuing Europe's Tour 22 in the Trust Women's Golf Scottish Open. Liv is up in Bedminster. More on that in a moment. We have a great guest, Ryan Ballingee, to put some of this into perspective. You know, last time I checked, golf is in mid-season form. Let's go on golf's most entertaining hour. Can't stop addicted to the shindig. Chop chop, he says I'm gonna win big. Choose not to life of imitation. Just can't cross into the reservation. That's right, choose not a life of imitation. Not here on the pro show. Mm-hmm. How, are you, how are you there, Mr. Wade Weezer? I'm great. Oh man. Summer place. Summer is in full swing. And we're past the uh, the usual July 100-degree week oh. last week. It was so nice to open and the front door the other morning and be able to breathe. <laughs> yeah. It reminds me of my days living in Orlando. That was Oof. like every day from like Memorial Day until like October 1st was like you opened your front door and you were in a convection oven. Yeah, right. But you got some rain every day, though. Didn't it like break it up a little bit every day? A little bit? Yeah. No. So it goes from 95 to 85, you know? It's well, better. It's It's better. <laughs> Yes, it's definitely Different better. Different degrees of hell. Um, hey, man, the, the Jersey Shore beach scene is on point, as it always is this time of year. Uh, enjoying a little time down there. Nice. With family and friends. And uh, so a little commute up to the station today, but uh, that's quite all right. I will be, I'll be with all the rest of the commuters heading back after the show and uh, putting right. all of this into perspective, <laughs> the next 60 minutes into perspective while I... Uh, probably sit in traffic is but yeah uh, water better i was there july 4th and the water was so cold I, it was just super frigid so you know much like anything in life when you turn on the news you just get an answer and it doesn't really answer the question okay. right yeah so i asked somebody the other day who i thought was knowledgeable lifeguard right mm-hmm. but somebody that i knew from <laughs> back in the day right uh a buddy of mine and he said oh it's the currents mm-hmm. what currents yeah when will i was like well will they change you know like i mean uh, hard to tell, Keith. Yeah, just just it, 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 he was that long in the tooth for he, sure. He just heard that somewhere. And he yeah, just spinning back at you. Yeah, you know what else I've heard about? There's uh the uh, Live Golf Series is in New Jersey this week. Never heard of Holy it. Holy moly! Oh man! <laughs> Not only that, I mean, if you want to like really amplify a problem, just give it to Trump. Oh yeah, you Come know? With me if you want to live. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, that's probably not the most responsible <laughs> soundbite there. Reverse that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Strike that. Hey, if you it. want to live. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, if you want to live. <laughs> no, if you want to live. If you want to live, you won't continue. Oh man, I'll get I'll get into this more in a minute. But if you haven't read uh, our good friend Mark Canizzaro from the Posts interview with Greg Norman from two days ago, so I think it's Thursday is when the article um, went out in the Post. Um, I mean, there's some highlights in this. We'll get into it in a minute. <laughs> I'm but, sure. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, Norman only opens his mouth to change feet at this point. I mean, it's it's really unbelievable. Hey, you know what else is unbelievable? No, sir. Win number nine last weekend. Wow. So the ladies were playing their fourth major championship of the season over at the Amundi Evian Championship over there in France. Beautiful setting over there, by the way. You could tell why right there on the shores of Lake Le Mans that they created Evian water. Sure, absolutely. You know, it's so cool. You can just go in there, probably just drink it, right? I probably. 
the same water. I mean, it's a big lake. If you're ever there watching golf, you should bring empty plastic bottles of, you know, and, and just fill them up. I think so. I mean, it's a picturesque setting, but the lake is 45 miles long and a thousand feet deep that's at its of, deepest point. Wow. Yeah. I mean, crystal clear. I mean, that's why Evian's been around for so many years. Who wouldn't want to drink that? It's like an endless supply. Yeah, you know, at the end of the day. But no, in all seriousness, read the line. We predicted Brooke Henderson to win pre-tournament. And guess what? When she did on the 72nd hole, she made about a nine-foot birdie putt to secure the victory. But, I, I mean, there are times where I really start to thinking about what we're doing and what we're putting together as our business strategy and everything was read the line. And this was one of those last weekends where you know, from time to time, you think about your approach and how you do certain things. And, you you know, everyone needs validation every once in a while to kind of keep, you know, the hamster wheel running, mm -hmm. you know, and your brain and everything and your motivation and your inspiration and all of those things. Before the tournament started for the LPGA, because you cannot bet the LPGA live. You can't bet them in tournament like I can Got this it. week for the Rocket Mortgage, right? We picked because it was a major. We picked five ladies we thought would win of 150 plus person field, right? Woman field. Yes. Of the five that I picked, all of them finished in the top eight. It's pretty good. So if I was ever thinking about my approach and how I'm doing this after our ninth victory, you know, again, folks, if you don't want to bet, that's fine. But the amount of information that we provide on a weekly basis in the newsletter that you can read in 10 minutes covering the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour would enhance your experience as a fan. Right. The, the people that were highlighting, you would then go then watch and you're like, wow, I'm I'm really into Tony Fino or wow, I'm really into Brooke Henderson this week. And there's these narratives about the courses and everything that they just don't touch upon in the coverage because they're always showing commercials. Yep. And the commercials don't tell you stories about the golf course and so on and the architecture and everything. So um, I was super proud that Brooke gave us our ninth win because a big thing that I'm about is covering the women's game and the men's game when it comes to the betting angles and the wagering and all the fun that we're having there at read the line. So now we've had five men's victories since January, two of which were major championships. And we've had four women's uh, one of which was a major championship just happened. We had two weeks in a row. We had camps with at the open championship the week before. Then we just had Brooke. Things are good, man. Just good. Nah, I mean, well, it's the pro show, so things are great. You that's know, bad, it's bad. golf's most entertaining hour. That's, that's for bad. sure. I, you know, I ran into some fans of the show this past week and they were like, man, you know, they were all fired up about what we do all the time. And one of the things that they always get fired up about is that we bring out the coolest guests. Now, we've got a guy this week. His name's Ryan Ballingy. Ryan is the creator behind a website called Golf News Net. You know, people may say like, well, it's not the Golf Channel or it's not Golf Digest. Hey, folks, just listen for a second. He gets a million views from avid golf fans a month. And he covers the stories, the little stories and stuff like that. You know, the anecdotal stuff that all of the golf freaks are into. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And he, he's got everything from from betting to LPGA to the APGA to. No, first of all, who cares what it's not? Is it entertaining and good? That's all that counts, really. Well, I mean, so this guy. He got his background. He worked for NBC Sports. He worked for SB Nation. He worked for the Golf Channel. So he's helped build all of these digital websites for these companies in golf. And he decided, you know what, I'm going to do this for myself. Mm -hmm. So back in like 2003, he started the Golf News Net. And um, I mean, he just does a fantastic job. And he and I have become good friends. And his take on I, I want to get his take on live. I want to get his take on the current events, things that are going on in golf right now, because he's he's dealing with the digital customer. Sure. 24 seven. 
right? And my big thing about live or anything else in golf was like the consumer is going to decide. And I want to ask him the question at some point today. I want to say, hey, what is the consumer telling you currently? You know, and well, we'll get into it with him. Yeah, I, basically what the consumer is telling me about the ladies and the LPGA is that they're good at golf. Right. So um, they're over there in the Scottish Open, the Trust Golf Women's Scottish Open. And your leader after round one was Hyjin Choi, uh, 22 years old. Great player. Great player. She shot eight under 64. Uh, we had three ladies tied at seven under 65. Lydia Ko being one of them. Celine Boudier, French player. Another one there. Um, number two in the world, Minji Lee. She was seventh with a five under 67. Number one in the world, Jin Young Ko. She had two under par, 70, uh, 63 players under par, no wind, no bad weather. Mm. It's Scotland. All those golf courses are made easy because the wind always blows and right. such. Um, so they had great conditions on Thursday. They've had similar conditions this morning. Um, Lydia Coase jumped out to a lead. She's had back-to-back 65s. Uh, one of the things that stands about stands out about her game is that her short game is impeccable. She's a great putter, great bunker player, great chipper. Um And when you get over on these European golf courses that are made so that the short game stands out, think of Cam Smith at the Open Championship. That's why somebody like that is is playing great. Um, And she's she's not running away with it. But, you know, the the ladies are not being tested weather wise. I think they're going to be over the weekend. It still looks like there's a storm coming through storm system coming through. So we we may still get some theater in that regard. But but if they don't, they're going to keep going deep, just like the guys are at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Right. I I love giving this stat because it kind of gives you a quick synopsis of how the course is playing. Mm -hmm. One hundred and nine guys out of one hundred and fifty five guys yesterday were under par. Okay. 109. Out of 155. Out of 155, so right? 30 something, 60%. Oh, golly. Yeah. I mean, 66%. Two, two thirds of the field, right? So, <laughs> Tony Finau and Taylor Pendrith, um, round one, they both shot 64. So, kind of an interesting little thing there. Both both leaders, the women's and the men's, both shot 64 yesterday, eight under par. Um, does it mean anything? No, but it just kind of caught my eye. Sure. Uh, you had five tied at six under, 13 tied at five under. The list goes on and on. There's a million guys under par. Tony Finau, who won last week at the 3M, continues his great play. He had all eight. I mean, this is what these guys do, right? So Finau gets done. And the first question he gets asked, they go, hey, <laughs> did you realize you hit all 18 greens in regulation today? And he goes, yeah, no, I didn't. He goes, did you know that's the first time you did that in, you know, in your career on tour? He's like. Nope. No, but that, that's pretty cool. Thanks. You know, it t- and, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I tell you, he used to be called Top 10 Tony because he couldn't win. He's got two wins in, tw- in less than 12 months. He had the Northern Trust last year here in Jersey back in August. He just won the 3M. He's leading this thing. Yeah, he's got 54 holes to go. But if there's a guy that everybody loves to root for, it's Tony Finau. If you haven't seen the little social media clip of him rapping on his way to the final round on Sunday, um, it's just fantastic. I mean, he's just he's just an awesome personality. And uh, um, I enjoy him. I know a lot of people enjoy him. So if he, if he went off and he won, like, you know, like Scotty Scheffler is winning or somebody like that, mm-hmm. or, or, you know, he went and did what Patrick Cantley did last year in the FedEx Cup playoffs, and he went and won the FedEx Cup. I mean... Nothing would be better than for golf because the guy is just so refreshing and he's so good. Right. And he's so naturally talented that you kind of look at him and you just want to root for him versus, you know, some of the people that kind of take center stage and you're like, yeah, you know, I don't really know if I like that guy. There's no question whether or not you like Tony Finau. 
right? He, yeah. He's yeah. like he's like self-deprecating in everything he does, but he's so naturally t- real. He seems real. Authentic. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's the guy. The guy is just he's fantastic. So uh, I wish him well over the weekend. Speaking of over the weekend or people that maybe are a little more polarizing and they're not they're not someone that you just inherently want to root for like Tony Finau uh, live golf. We're obliged because we're a golf show here to uh, sure. to let you all know, especially this is local news right here to Central Jersey and uh, uh, across the river to our fans in uh, in Manhattan. Right. Uh, Live Golf um, is in Bedminster at mm-hmm. Trump National. If you haven't heard um, there, 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 uh, they're doing they're doing something new this week. They're Friday through Sunday. It was Thursday through Saturday. When I looked it up this week, I thought, you know, I was looking for round one results because I mean, I didn't watch it yesterday but i couldn't have but i wouldn't have watched it anyway um you know you've got their full slate of guys here bryson dj brooks the whole nine yards um it's a 115 shotgun start today right so we don't have results because everyone's on the golf course at the same i can't even tell you who's playing good because you know it's it's all happening at the same time that we're happening but um they'll get done then tomorrow at 115 sunday at 115 6 30 p.m is the trophy celebration Okay. All right. Celebration. And at seven o'clock, we've got the chain smokers. Nice. Right. Yeah. Foam. Uh, I mean, whatever you want, man. Um, You you are the music man. Glow sticks. You you let your imagination run wild on that one. Now, speaking of imagination run wild, right? Yeah. I mentioned this just a little bit before. You got to get to the New York Post and read this article or this interview that was done by Mark Cannizzaro. Excellent. Excellent job. Whether you're a fan of Marks or not, the guy, he asked all the good questions. And of course, Norman just let it rip. You know, um, I mean, there's just some really good stuff here. When asked about, you know, the I, I'm just going to go with a couple highlights because we got sure, to get to sure. Ryan. But um, what's your relationship like with Phil Mickelson? He said, well, it's better now than when it was, of course, when when Phil was, you know, <laughs> saying the scary MFers, right? And all that other stuff, right? And then they said, well, he goes, what do you think about the media and the fan base and everything and their treatment of Phil? He's like, he, direct quote, well, everybody needs a pinata. <laughs> oh, wow. Jeez, a flip. Wow. Like, Come on. That, that's what it's about, huh? We just need to beat on somebody. Unbelievable. Yeah. Hey, uh, another great response. I mean, you got to just love this guy. You know, he talks about, would you want to talk to Jay? He's like, yeah, I would call Jay and say, Jay, what's your problem? <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's one way of phrasing it. I don't know. Um he was he was asked by Mark, he goes, you know, will live golf ever recreate the drama of the big tournaments that we're used to? So the Masters or sure. even even like the WGC events and stuff like that. And he goes, well, think back in the transition of the Ryder Cup when it was just the United Kingdom versus the U.S. He goes, it was a butcher show. Butcher show. Yeah, that's an interesting um, yeah. choice of terms. Yeah, he goes, it wasn't even a competition. Oh. I, I, I gotta let that one breathe for a second. I, I don't know, man. I just don't, I don't know. Um, you know, I've been a big fan of Boomer Esiason's over the years Mm -hmm. and, uh, I've watched that or I've listened to that show. You can watch it too, but I've listened to that show for over a decade, you know, and you know, I think that Boomer calls it pretty straight and, uh, he had a little rant the other day about live golf and everything and the nine 11 impact and, all of what's going on with the players accepting money from Saudi Arabia and, and all of this. And I don't have an opinion on whether or not live golf is good for golf yet. Cause we haven't seen enough of it. Right. But 
to see what's going on and to turn on the golf channel and have there be commercials sponsored by, you know, the 9-11 Foundation trying to just raise awareness to like, do you really see what's going on here, folks? Yeah. The, right. The, to your point, the golf, the quality of the golf was was never a point of contention for no. anyone in the beginning. Continue. Sorry. Well, yeah. no, the, the quality of the golf will determine. Because no one knew. Yeah. The, the quality of the golf is still suspect. But you know what? Any fledgling sports beginning organization is going to struggle to put out something that's like a traditional and epic, you know, I, I get that. I'm, I'm in with the growth model and everything. Boomer, what did Boomer say about the night or the nine eleven stuff? But he was just like, do you understand the implications Good, of what, okay. of what you're dealing with? And he went on and on and on. And I don't have time to go through all of that. But if you, if you want to go on social media, there's, there's clips of it all over the place. But you know, I mean, I just think that overall, when you think about it in the context of where we are here and what you and I grew up through, right? I mean, I, it, un, it does, it takes on a bigger umbrella. You know, and at the end of the day, you know, my life's all been about golf, but golf's a game, mm-hmm. you know, and it's become extremely political and it's become polarizing and everything. And uh, I would prefer it as a PGA professional to stay a game. Uh, unfortunately, that's not going to happen. So I guess this is the side of fence that I'm on. Um, and I, I don't see how that's going to change because uh, even if all, even, well, Tiger's not going to go there, but even if the best in the world go over there, um, we'll cover it. But doesn't mean I need to feel good about it, right? And neither does anybody else, for that matter. Well put. You know, and I'll just leave it at that. Well put, man. You know, you want to feel good about something? Then you go out and you support the New Jersey Golf Foundation. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. The foundation recently opened the Inspiration Golf Range located on the Lions campus of the VA New Jersey Healthcare System in Bernards Township. The multi-purpose facility, which is open to the public, will host golf programming for youth, veterans, and individuals with special needs. To support the foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit njgolffoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. And remember, they have their golf classic coming up on August 8th. Spots still remain. Get online to that website and check it out. Check out the time. What's that? 20 past three? I know. You're nodding to me. Here in New York. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a moment with Ryan Ballingy from the Golf News Net. Keyshawn Johnson, Jay Williams, and Zubin Mahente. All NFL players get paid a lot. You're not going to get paid more than me, though, because I'm the guy when it comes to clearing it out. Y'all take care of me. Spoken like a true wide receiver. Way to go, Roscoe (laughs) Jenkins, team of me. His name is first on the show, so we get it. You know, we get it. Me, Sean, as they like to call me, for those that don't know me. But anyway. Deshaun, J. Will, and Zubin. Weekday mornings at 6 Eastern on ESPN Radio or streaming live on the ESPN app. The New Jersey Golf Foundation. The charitable arm of the New Jersey PGA section is committed to positively impacting lives and communities through the game of golf. With a focus on three core pillars, youth, military, and special needs, the NJGF delivers dynamic programming led by PGA professionals. So individuals from all backgrounds can experience the game of golf in a welcoming environment. An exciting new development is coming soon as the Inspiration Golf Range on the campus of the Lions VA Medical Center in Somerset County will serve as a new golf training facility for Special Olympics New Jersey, as well as the new home site for the PGA Hope, a rehabilitative golf program for veterans. 
To support the New Jersey Golf Foundation or learn more about programs and special events, please visit NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or call 732-465-1212. That's NewJerseyGolfFoundation.org or 732-465-1212. Time to get back on course as the pro show continues. Great show and great questions. Once again, Keith Stewart. Welcome back to the Pro Show. I'm your host, Keith Stewart. You're listening to ESPN 920. Now, the golf world has plenty going on these days. The game is more popular than ever. And I know that because our next guest has over a million views a month on his website. You may find yourself living in a shotgun shack. And you may find yourself in another part of the world. Ryan Ballingy created the website Golf News Net to give all the small stories in golf their due. Little did he know that a small story from four or five years ago is all we would be talking about today. I can't wait to hear his once-in-a-lifetime perspective on today's current events. Oh, man. You got to love a little David Byrne and uh, his twisted perspective on the music world. Good choice there, Mr. Wade Weezer. And uh, even better choice on our guest today, Mr. Ryan Ballinger. Ryan, welcome to the Pro Show this afternoon. How are you today, bud? Good, Keith. How are you? Oh, man. Any better, I'd be twins. You know that. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's a Friday afternoon. I'm with my good friend Wade here. I'm with my good friend Ryan Ballinger, and we can talk golf. Um, well, not unlimited, but we can get into it and have some fun. And uh, before we get into the the you know, the elephant in the room, the live story and all of that, right? Uh, you run Golf News Net and you cover all the stories in golf since the start of 2000. I mean, for a long time, but just talking about this year in perspective, right? You know, what is it outside of live, right? What do you feel like is one of the bigger stories in golf this year that we could focus on and talk about for a second? That's a great question. Um, you know, I tend to follow the LPGA more than the average bear. Uh, I, I've followed the LPGA for as long as I've tried to cover golf, whether that's as a professional for the last decade plus or as an amateur when I did a blog without any pay. And the growth of the LPGA Tour in terms of depth of competition globally and just speak on the LPGA Tour, also the Epson Tour coming in to take over the title sponsorship of the developmental tour, joining forces with the Ladies European Tour, and then kind of creating this crop of title sponsors or presenting sponsors in the case of the U.S. Women's Open who have committed to building more equity or a more equitable purse disparity between the PGA Tour and the LPGA Tour I think has been huge. And I think it's going to have a long-reaching impact on the development of women's professional golf because from top to bottom, and the sponsors I mentioned, the groups I mentioned – but also people like Justin Rose and his wife who have created the, the Rose Lady Series over in Europe for the LET access. All kinds of different levels of involvement from millions to a couple hundred thousand really makes women's professional golf a more viable career for more people. And that means the depth of talent can only stand to get better. And it, it does every time and it manifests itself every time you see uh, the LPGA on TV. So for me, the kind of the reaping the rewards we're starting to reap the rewards of a really long process of trying to get people to see women's professional golf for what it, the value that it is, uh, is my favorite story of this year, probably. All right, everybody. Now you know why I love having Ryan Ballinger on because you hit the nail on the head. 
you're talking about probably the best story, one of the most positive stories in golf, and it surrounds purse disparity. And of course, one of the other most polarizing stories in golf is all about purse disparity. You know, I mean, it's just it's it's very interesting how where you put the microscope, how much the popularity of golf kind of fuels all of this. And it can be a positive story right now and then or it can be a story of disruption. And, you know, when you bring up, you know, what's going on with the L.E.T. and the Epson tour and then you start to think about things like the APGA and you know, um, Steph Curry's uh, undisputed tour and all these different things that are going on because golf popularity is kind of supporting all of this, right? You are a huge filter for all of these stories. And I'm always curious when I talk to you, I go, you know, what's what's really garnering the most attention on Golf News Net? You know, like what kinds of stories you know, take take a, a completely like a Switzerland look at this, right? You're just looking at, you know, the views that are coming in. What triggers the most amount of engagement from your readers? What kinds of stories do that? If you kind of listen to all the noise on, on Twitter or other social media or on golf television, golf media, you would think it is live exclusively is kind of the big driver. But, but for me, for a couple of different reasons, it isn't. For one, I, I kind of have a certain belief about live golf, and I'm sure we'll talk about that, that I, I'm not fawning it attention or fawning attention over it uh, from minute to minute because I think there's so much more going on in golf than just live that it, it warrants some attention but not all the attention. But I, I think, and we've alluded to this in the past in other conversations, what kind of drives traffic at GNN these days is interest in betting about golf, interest in fantasy golf, interest in just how players are playing, about the numbers, strokes gained, um, other kind of metrics that people are looking to figure out how players compete and how well they're doing it. And they may not necessarily have a financial interest in it from a betting or fantasy perspective or DFS perspective. They're just interested in kind of how the best players in the world perform. And to that end, uh, we talked about the LPGA a minute ago, them getting into strokes gained, them getting into the analytics of what golf looks like on their tour compared to how it looks on any other tour is really an interesting development from that regard, because there are so many people who are interested in understanding how golf is played in an elite level by each individual. Who's all kind of unique in the type of golfer that they are, how they gain strokes, how they win, how they perform. So that's really what interests people. I, I think that the, the drama of who will go to live next or how much they've signed for, or what, what did Greg Norman say? I, I mean, I think it's easy fodder, but I, I don't think that that's what generates interest from our audience, which I feel is a kind of a, the hardcore golf fan that would would probably watch if there were a couple of 36s playing for $10 million instead of some of the best players in the world. It's funny. You know, you made me think of something. I was driving in the car the other day and I was listening to Michael Breed's show and he was going on a rant about live and everything. And he said, oh, let me let me get to this caller. And let's say it was Ryan in Maryland. And the guy gets on the phone and he says, you know, Michael, I've been thinking about the way I've been hitting my wedges lately. Now, this was after like a 10 minute rant, right? It, it all goes back to at the end of the day, golf is hard and we're all trying to figure it out. Right. So, you know, maybe live is just another way of exhibiting how good players play and we can observe it or whatever. But um, I, I think it's interesting that somebody who looks at the nuts and bolts of this thing all the time, and that's somebody, folks, if you're just tuning in with us, that's Ryan Ballingy. He's the creator and the inspirational force behind the Golf News Net. If you haven't checked it out before, go check it out online. He covers all the story, all the stories in golf. He, he just does an awesome job at it. But, you know, to get to your point, it's like 
everyone's always still interested, somewhat egocentric in their own game in trying to figure everything out. And, um, you know, it doesn't matter what you innovate over there at GNN or what anyone does at the Golf Channel or, or whatever else. Breed goes on that like 10 minute rant and then the guy's like, hey, could you help me with my wedge game? And like he completely ignored the subject matter. And he was like, I've been on hold for 30 minutes. You know, it's just it's it's unbelievable how funny it is. You know, I mean, that endless pursuit that you and I we all have in playing better. Right. I'm still getting better at golf 28 years into it. Um, I just learned how to hit a control fade this year. I've been trying to do that for 15 years and I finally figured it out. Um <laughs> I've learned how to hit a cut chip this year. Uh, just little things that maybe they're big, maybe they're small, but everyone's trying to figure out a way to get better at golf if you play golf. And I, I think a lot of people try to relate to the pro game that way, trying to understand what the professionals do that is so head and shoulders above what we're capable of doing or what, we're, what we understand we can do. And I think re- really people try to relate to that no matter what. And I know there are people who have just a pure watching interest, pure economic interest in golf, and those people exist. But I think by and large, the people who come to our website and read news about professional golf at every level, they care about professional golf, maybe not quite as much as it relates to their game because they're golfers too. Now, you know, I'm a big fan of your website. Um, We're halfway through, we're through Q1, Q2 here almost. And uh, um, what's new with GNN? in 2022 what have you been up to and what have you tested and what's in the market right now that you're doing that you were like well hey we had this plan for 2022 we tried this thing and it's worked out it's been kind of cool what's new that we should check out there well i mean i kind of go into every year trying to think of ways that i can attract more people that we that i i don't either think about or talk about as frequently right now and over the last couple of years, it's kind of gone back to connecting with people about how they play golf. And so we've tried to produce more content, particularly geared toward people who are new in, into golf. Um, there, there aren't many places that do that. It's hard to do. It's not really the sexiest content in the world to talk about how to do the kind of basic things that no one really seems to talk about to people when they start taking up golf. But We've been rewarded for that by uh, good daily numbers on that content, and we'll continue to do more of it because I, I think it's really important to be uh, for golf at large to be more welcoming of people who join the game. And fortunately, through the pandemic, we've had a number of people, millions of people probably, come into the game uh, during the, the height of the pandemic. And, and now the goal for the sport should be to try to keep those people. And so that's one big focus of our written content. And, the, and then, as you know, we've, we've started – and they're nearly finally ready to launch Golf News Net Radio through iHeartMedia. We, we signed a partnership with them for a three-year deal to present a 24-7 golf talk radio station with digital content that's available in your car, on your smart speaker, on any device that you have, basically, that can play audio. And that has been definitely a, a process I didn't understand going into it. And I, I think I understand a little bit better now, but not a whole lot better. But hopefully in just a few weeks' time, we'll have audio for the world to listen to uh, so that you can kind of get your your golf itch scratched whenever you feel like it. Well, I have a lot of golf itches, and so do the listeners of this program. So I I think everyone that's news to everyone's ears that they can get some more golf that they want to 
kind of digest over time. And, you know, we're, we're talking here also about a little bit about the future and an innovation that you're bringing to the table at Golf Newsnet. But um, the future of tournament golf is of major discussion here in the ecosystem of the game. Right. And a lot is unknown or whatever. But, you know, this big question, this overall macro question has come out is like, is disruption good for golf right now? Now, you're somebody, again, who, who looks at this, you know, from 30,000 feet running Golf News Net and all of the different stories. Right. Is this disru- I mean, considering the popularity of the game right now, is this disruption a good thing? I think disruption is hard to take and hard to understand. I mean, that's I'm, I'm kind of going through some of that now and trying to do something I've never done before, which is create a radio station. Right. It, it, there's a great growth aspect to it. There's also a lot of pain involved in trying to figure out what's right and what's wrong, who to work with, how to deal with them, all, all of those different types of things. And the only way you get better at something is kind of going through that kind of awkward situation. You know, tournament golf is a little bit different, right? I mean, we're, we've got this place with the PGA Tour trying to compete with Live Golf and the, the Saudi Public Investment Fund, which has poured bi- quite literally billions of dollars already into a product that is only – shown two tournaments and starts a third and the PGA tour is changing its business model to respond to that. And that's going to have a net large impact, not only on the PGA tour, but the corn Ferry tour, there are other subsidiary tours that feed into the corn Ferry tour. There's probably going to be an impact on women's professional golf in the long haul. And it's hard in the moment to go, Hey, yeah, all of this is great, especially given some of my objections to it. Five years from now, I think – I don't know if golf, at large, professionally speaking, will be in a better place, but it will definitely be in a much different place than where it is. And I don't know if that's necessarily net positive or net negative yet, but for the best players in the world, for the ones that have the easiest time making a living doing this incredibly difficult grind that is professional golf, they're going to come out at way ahead and – they will probably have set the stage for the next generation of stars to also come out way ahead compared to their previous peers. And maybe in a way that even the influence of Tiger Woods could not have even manifested back in the day. So I don't know where we're going to be in in the long term, but I do feel like in the end, there probably will be some net positives and there will probably be some net negatives that come out of this. And hopefully there are more positives than negatives. Now, I wanted to grab you this afternoon and get you on the air because I know more about your background than my listeners do or whatever. And we got to go down, you know, kind of memory row here for a second. And you were a part of something called the Back Nine Network back in the day. And this was a startup golf channel that was meant to be a disruptor to the actual golf channel. Right. And and you were a part of that. And you know, you played a role in what you were and what they were trying to do there. So I think that your perspective on all of this is really valuable, right? So could you take us back in time and how you got involved with the Back Nine Network and then, you know, what you all were trying to put together in, you know, in competition with the Golf Channel and how that kind of came about and what was the result of that disruption? So about 10 years ago, actually not, not too long from when we were speaking about three weeks prior to 10 years ago, uh, I lost my job at, at Golf Channel. Uh, they wanted to, I was brought in from NBC Sports Group when the merger with Comcast happened with NBC Universal. And I was NBC's golf blogger, and Golf Channel had a much different view on things. 
uh, of how they wanted their content produced, but they very politely uh, kind of absorbed me into their team for a year before deciding, you know, we're going to go in a different direction. And so I was a free agent and available and trying to figure out what I was going to do next. And Back Nine Network had been in communication with me at different points over the last three or four years as they were trying to start this idea from just an idea to raising capital to ultimately what they did in what 2014 to try to get the television network back nine network on air distributed through direct TV with a, a basically a, a channel buy for millions of dollars. And I was kind of in the process of toward the end, but before they got on TV in 2012 and they needed some kind of editorial direction on their website. And I was happy to step in. They knew my background uh, and it was, I, that's the first time I'd ever worked in anything resembling a startup, a very chaotic environment that had, I, I believe, genuine aspirations to kind of shake up how people viewed golf entertainment and golf content. And I, I learned a lot from that process, not only because I learned something, I learned a whole lot about business that I don't think I understood at the time, but reflecting back on it has been kind of influential in some regard into how I've run golf news net. But I, I think they were trying to be genuine agents of change around this concept of what they call golf lifestyle. The idea of trying to be more welcoming uh, and creating a, an outlet for the, the 25 to 30 million people, depending on what year we're talking about, of people who recreationally play golf and enjoy golf in this country. And I, I think there has been some influence toward more content toward that degree, maybe in the, in the decade since I started working with back nine network. I mean, they went on air in 2014 and didn't last, but you know, six months on air. But I, I still think in some ways that the lesson wasn't uh, absorbed by golf because there is so much focus day to day on professional golf, on the ins and outs of who said what at what tour stop and who's getting paid what, and it kind of comes full circle with live where we kind of fail to differentiate at times between the health of professional golf and the health of golf, the sport and golf, the sport is getting to a better place. Uh, it got to a better place in part, thanks to the pandemic, however strange that is. But I think it's also getting healthier because there at least seems to be more talk and slightly more action toward bringing more people into the game and being more welcoming to groups of people who have traditionally thought golf is not for them or that they would be shunned from playing golf or for whatever reason, just not welcome to participate. So I hope that again, you know, years go by back nine network can kind of be a marker hopefully for trying to talk to people about golf in a way that isn't highly technical and isn't just, so focused on the professional game that maybe we lose sight of why people play golf and why they have fun doing it. Well, I tell you, I remember when back nine network started and when it came about and Jamie and all that everyone was trying to do. And I think about it now and it took a bunch of years to do that. But when you have content that is a lot less traditional in golf today than there ever has been, I mean, there has to be some positive effect because I think it's bringing more people into the game and it's, it's definitely making the game more diverse, more inclusive. And it's it's overall, I think if you and I had to, to vote yes or no, it's made the game more fun. Don't you agree? Yeah. And, and I think 
the the generation that's maybe just a little bit younger than I am, I'm close to 40, but even my generation to a degree has kind of looked at what golf has been historically and said, you know what, we want golf to be what we want it to be. We, we want to be able to experience it our way. You can experience it however you want, whatever prism through which you want to see it, whether it's a public golfer, private golfer, whether you want to wear goofy clothes or serious clothes or, or what do you want, want to play music or not. And I think there has been an influx of content that isn't written as is more audio and video content uh, appealing to younger people on the platforms in which they consume content that kind of spread that message. I think that's been a good thing. That is a net positive thing to tell people that you can experience the game, not the way that your parents experience it or not with some other person's expectations of how you experience it, but how you want to deal with it, how you want to play with it and that you can afford it and that you can enjoy it. Uh, that That's a great message. And there aren't many recreational activities like that uh, that have this number of people participating in it. And I think that that piece of it as well, the not I wouldn't call it just networking, but the relationships that you can form because of the sport. And I know personally the relationships that I form because of the sport are why I, I love golf more than actually playing golf. Um, and I think that everything that's kind of come around again, back nine network, maybe being a little bit of a precursor to, to what we have now, but that message is really net positive for golf. You know what? It's been a net positive to have you on this afternoon, but I don't want to go net negative and not take a break. Hold tight for a second there, Ryan, uh, folks up next more with Ryan, the creative mind behind one of golf's best news websites. Thanks for listening to ESPN 920. Be back in a second. Greenberg is Greeny. Chris Paul is one of those guys whose numbers, if you look at them, are so good that they almost seem made up. You know, he was never on the best team all those years in New Orleans, wasn't able to go to the Lakers, winds up on the Clippers, then they fell short. But now here he is, the veteran presence on this otherwise very young Phoenix team. It would mean everything to his legacy. Greeny with Mike Greenberg, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and watch exclusively on ESPN+. Is there a better feeling than winning a bet? Take it from a professional, a PGA professional like Keith Stewart. When it comes to wagering on golf, you need to know more than analytics. Stats are just a description of a player's habits. But what causes those habits to repeat? There are other elements you need to consider to raise your betting acumen. If you're the type of person who loves to learn and earn by wagering, then you must read the line. With an easy-to-understand newsletter format, in five minutes a week, you can bet with confidence, knowing the picks are made by a golf professional. Golf betting lacks an expert voice. Read the Line brings over 25 years of experience in the golf industry to every prediction. Players are not an exact science, and neither is betting. But when you consider the human element of the game alongside facts and figures, you'll be able to elevate your winning reputation. Go to ReadTheLine.com to subscribe, read, and win. That's ReadTheLine.com. The Stick and Act Challenge app is available now for iOS. Now, the Challenge app is like no other golf game out there. It takes the focus off of your final score and instead turns you around into a collection of challenges, objectives, and accomplishments. With more than 90 unique challenges to choose from, you'll never have the same experience twice. And if that's not enough, you can also challenge friends or strangers to see who comes out on top. Plus, with an XP system that rewards your successes, you'll be motivated to keep pushing yourself further. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out with the game, 
The Stick and Act Challenge app is the perfect way to add some extra fun to your golf game. You got a great voice it's for radio. Yeah. Time to get back on course. Face for radio. I, I get a lot of that too. As the pro show continues, once again, Keith Stewart. It's the pro show, and I'm Keith Stewart. Welcome back to our conversation with Ryan Ballingy. You know you're listening to New Jersey's ESPN 920 on a fabulous Friday afternoon. You crack me up, Wade. You know the chain smokers are closing the live event in Bedminster on Sunday night. So, yeah. so uh, it's like get the foam machines, right? You're talking about later. Glow sticks. All right, yeah. Get Bryce's a couple glow sticks. See what DJ and Paulina are up to. You know, absolutely. I want be there for that. Oh yeah, the beat hits. Jenna Sims is she's grinding on Trump or something. I don't know. I don't know. I love live. <laughs> yeah, I bet he does. You can see the sharks swimming around in the foam pool. Here we go. Hit the beat. Drop it in Bedminster. All right. It's fabulous. As I said, Friday afternoon here on the pro show. And we are so blessed to be joined by my good friend, Ryan Ballinger. He may be second guessing that uh, guest spot this afternoon as we're having some fun at the, uh, at the risk of live up there in Bedminster. Um, Ryan, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, a phone party to close, you know, a golf tournament is something new. I mean, what do you think? It's a thing. Um, <laughs> I'm opposed to a good time, right? Yeah. I, I'm not opposed to a good time. I think anyone who knows me knows I'm not opposed to a good time. Uh, it is kind of interesting that the chain smokers were the last kind of act that the PGA Tour had before it went into its COVID hibernation. And it is now one that presents itself with live golf. Uh, I don't know if that's a, a fateful association or not, but you know, at least the people who are going to be there are going to have a good time with the chain smokers. Oh man. I, I forgot about that. You are a depth of golf knowledge, my friend. I forgot that, that, that they were at the players. Um, when COVID shut the players down that, that year and back in 2020, Oh man, that's an interesting uh, one of golf's little ironies there. Um, that that's that's funny you brought that up. Um, but you know, all kidding aside for a second, right? We haven't seen much of the golf yet, and we're not really sure of the business model. Are you able, as someone that you know compiles stories about all of golf, are you able, as an expert in the game, to kind of put, you know? to summarize this thing yet, to, ha- to develop even a small opinion about live as far as a golf product. Let's stay away from the politics for a second, but just as a golf product, the different things that we're doing or that they are doing, pardon me, um, with the shotgun start and, you know, the smaller fields and such. It, it, is this a golf product that you think that people will be drawn to? I guess, I guess the question to me is what segment, what percentage of golf fans are interested in a competitive golf product that feels more like an exhibition, more leaning into the, uh, I won't say the Phoenix open style of golf, but more toward less serious golf and how many of them are there. And and can that create a sustainable business model for one? Can it create enough fan interest for two? And, you know, the fan interest so far, is somewhat limited for a variety of reasons. But 
two of them are the politics of it, which we won't get into for this second, but also that they don't really have distribution. They have it on YouTube and you know, we have an older audience, an older demographic in golf compared to probably other things. And so maybe that audience isn't ready to absorb watching golf on YouTube yet. So there, there's familiarity with what live is and maybe some familiarity with who's playing the events, but there's, I believe, a gap between how to access it and what to make of it. I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to have a shotgun start. I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing to have a 54-hole tournament unto itself. If, if the goal is to entertain people and, and the goal is to just kind of have fun with it, then that's what that's fine. There's no, there's no issues with that. I think with golf traditionally accepting that a 72-hole metal play tournament is kind of the standard by which we judge generations of golfers against others, that's maybe where Live Golf kind of fails on that front. But I think it's a product that will change and evolve, not only from this first series of eight events, but into their next season and their next, because they know they've got the backing of the, the public investment fund from Saudi Arabia to kind of swing and miss for a little while and take their hits, hold on to those, take the things they miss and change those. So I think it's really hard to judge a product based on two tournaments, but I, I think we'll have a better idea by the time we get to the fall of what this thing is going to look like moving forward, not only from a format perspective, from a participation perspective, consumption perspective, but also the players that are going to compete in it next year. Now you run a very reputable news golf news website and you know sources are very important to the authenticity and the accuracy of what you're reporting and i feel like depending on where i i mean it's like almost like the news at times depending on where i get my stories from it's either pro live middle of the road against live or whatever where are you pulling the best information you feel like from in order to do your reporting on this that that you know keeps it kind of somewhere in the middle and it allows people to develop their own opinions about it. Because I feel like some of the stories are, are, are so, so vastly different in the way that they're reported and the perspectives on them. Um, I'm just dying to know if, if you know a source that that's been reasonably good at reporting on this. Now, I tweeted about this probably in June, maybe in July, but I am really of the belief that very few people know anything about what's actually going on with live the yeah. nuts and bolts, the day to day. It's a lot of rumor mongering. There's a lot of filling what they don't know with what they want people to know or how they feel about things. And I think my job is to try to separate the golf news net day to day content, which is very much branded to be, down the middle, straight information, you decide how you want to interpret that, as opposed to maybe how I, I talk about golf on live, or, or talk about live on Twitter, where most of the time I'm just trying to crack jokes and have fun. And uh, I have no problem making fun of the PGA Tour or live golf or, you know, you name it. Uh, I also have to try to separate, again, the news content that's meant to be kind of down the middle from my personal views about Live golf, particularly its backing and the source of that backing. So, uh, you know, I, I tell people and I engage with a lot of people on Twitter, uh, maybe to a fault, but I will give you my opinion, but I can also acknowledge the other side. I can acknowledge the other side of an argument where I might be wrong, where my bias might lie. And, and I think that tends to work well with people 
It, it's okay to have an opinion. There's no problem feeling strongly about something. What becomes a problem in my view is when you can't acknowledge the things that you might not be willing to acknowledge yeah. <laughs> are counter to your argument. And so I, I think that's the trick. I, I think it's being able to understand, being able to empathize with some other person's point of view and then trying to distill information coming from different points of view, from the Eamon Lynch's of the world to the variety of suddenly popping up Twitter accounts of people who are arguing in favor of lip ball. And you got to kind of take all that together, synthesize it, and then you decide for yourself. And that is really difficult. It's really difficult to have news literacy in any kind of topic area, much less this one. And, and so I, I, you know, my very ardent belief is that you, you can come out on whatever side of, the, of an argument you want, so long as you can consume the information that you're getting in a way that leads you to uh, an opinion based in truth and based on reality. If you're not coming there either way, then I, I really don't have time for you. Yeah, I, I love the way you put that. You know, you got to hear both sides of the argument. You may not agree with the other side, but you have to be willing to listen to it and process that and, and digest it and everything. And, and, you know, you deal with a golf digital consumer uh, much more so, I feel like, than even somebody like the Golf Channel. I mean, you're in the OTT world. You you deal with streaming all the time. And, you know, it's one of those things where is is like TV coverage kind of the thing that's going to that's going to break this thing open or, or if they did, let, let's just say uh, that a TV channel did pick it up. Do you really think there'd be more interest in it or we still have to wait and see? I mean, a lot of this thing is going to take place during football. I just don't see how it all is going to come together and work. It's a great point. And it's a very interesting system that Greg Norman has tried to conceive here of trying to not compete directly with the PGA Tour's strongest events, while at the same time trying to attack kind of what were perceived to be weak points in the schedule. It's not a coincidence that they've held events when they've held events against weaker parts of the PGA Tour schedule. They've done that for a reason. But like you said, they focus so much energy as well on the fall and the PGA tour has spent the last 15 years trying to run away from fall golf as much as humanly possible it's because they know they're going to lose the college football and the NFL. So how does that work out? And like you said, the distribution piece of this, I think is really the fulcrum for them. It's just not sustainable to invest billions of dollars in something that is streamed on YouTube for an audience that is not meant to consume through YouTube. It would be different if we were talking about an e-gaming league, something streaming on Twitch. My kids would watch that in a heartbeat. That's what they. That's how they consume content, and that that can make sense. And you could build something of tremendous value that way. But for the golf audience, TV is the thing. It's still the thing. It's still going to be the thing for another ten or fifteen years before everything kind of catches up because we're always a little bit behind as an industry. So. I think that TV distribution is the biggest thing for them to get more people to actually watch the product, not hear how who's taking what money and when they're going to take it and when they're going to start it, but actually seeing the, the product. And that's, that's really it. If everything beyond that falls from that, I know there's talk about trying to get sponsors or owners of these teams, the 12 teams that they have for the 48 player field, and trying to create some concept of franchises akin to F1. Uh, but uh, that all really depends on people watching it and caring about it. If no one watches and no one cares, then you have something more akin to world team tennis, which I love watching, 
but doesn't matter to anybody except the people competing. And so if that's the end product, then the product fails and it goes away. If it gets closer towards something more like F1, where people have tremendous vested interest in the individuals and teams on an international scale, then it will be a success. You know what? You bring up the most important word there is caring. You know, the average television viewer in age of golf is 64 years old and they're just not going on Twitch. And that's not going to happen for a while. That's for sure. And I, I think that your caring perspective that you have brought on this afternoon to the pro show has been extremely intelligent and well thought out. And, and that's why I wanted to have you on. And I mean, this conversation will go on endlessly and which means you'll probably be back on in a couple of weeks to talk about this some more with me, because I love your opinion on this stuff. And I, and I love the golf news net, the way that, you know, you throw this kind of umbrella over the game and the ecosystem and you really do cover all of it. You know, so kudos to you, my friend, for all you're doing down there, all the hard work. I know you're you're constantly running that hamster wheel. And uh, I appreciate you and the fans of the pro show appreciate you tremendously for that. Well, thank you for having me on, Keith. It's always good to talk golf in depth with uh, with someone like you who is really well prepared, who thinks about everything from every angle. It's uh, it's refreshing. All right. Well, if I get an extra ticket for the foam party on Sunday, you'll be the first person I text. OK, save some foam for me. All right. We're staying here. Staying here. Say what? No break. Oh, oh, well, no oh, time. Okay. I, just, <laughs> I just like hearing the chain smokers. Oh man, <laughs> I didn't realize what time it was. <laughs> you were done. Oh boy. All right. Um, well, let's get into the PSAs for the week here, real quickly. Hit it. All right. You know, folks, I'll get that podcast up on all platforms this evening at some point. Podbean, Amazon, Stitcher, iTunes, Google Play. Oh. Yeah. Oh, this is for my commute back. Yes. I mean, come on. When we were kids at the beach, this song. Absolutely. When I'm a walking, I strut my stuff. Now say the say the words you need to say. Yes. Okay. Uh, definitely. If you want to listen to us, and you, maybe you're up at Live, you know, you can always go to 920ESPNNewJersey.com and hit that Listen Now button, and you can stream us anywhere. You could be at the Women's Scottish Open and check it out. Um, It'd be 8 o'clock at night, but, you know, go for it. Uh, of course, if you love winners as much as I do, go to readtheline.com. It's free to start and subscribe. Just get in there, check it out. Enjoy the stories that I love writing each and every week about the golf tournaments on the men's and women's side. We have a women's major coming again next week as part of the Europe 22 tour. Uh, the AIG Women's Open is going to Muirfield for the first time ever. Congratulations to the ladies of LPGA. It's not just about purse equity, but it's about course equity, too. Mm. And Muirfield is exquisite so happy they're going there and if you want to catch my happier side go on social media and follow me at, at kj stewart pga of course we do all sorts of crazy fun videos on tiktok for read the line that's at read the line on tiktok and on instagram and everywhere just having the best time my friend because it is summer there mr wade weezer so why wouldn't we have the best time exactly you know what i mean and this is your funner side by the way not the other this is this is it you're hearing it right here you have a fun side online, but this is your funner side. Is funner a word? No, it's not. Just, just roll that. All right. Well, I, you're concerning me there in all of that. I mean, um, hey, man, how good is Ryan Ballinger? The guy's good. Yeah, he knows what he's talking. And I like the fact that he was, uh, you could tell you caught him a couple times. He's like, oh, okay, I'll talk about this. We're going to talk about this now. Let's go there. You open that door. I'm going in that room. And he went right in. Yeah. If there's one thing we don't do here, that's standard issue, folks. So if you've listened this deep into the program, then you know that we're as in-depth as it gets. And um, that's why so many people love us. So I, you know what? It just brings me to a point in the show where I got to say thanks. 
Thanks to our sponsors, TaylorMade Golf and the New Jersey Golf Foundation. Thanks to you on the board there, Mr. Wade Weezer. I know that you work tremendously hard behind the scenes, making sure that this all sounds and that I sound somewhat competent. So I appreciate you for that. And of course, you know I love my listeners. So before we go, how about one brief thought about music? Math and music are universal languages. If the numbers don't add up in your next meeting, play a great song and watch the magic happen. I'm your host, Keith Stewart, and this is The Pro Show. Thanks for joining us for today's show. The Pro Show with Keith Stewart returns to the T next Friday at 3 on ESPN 920.